You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good morning. It's Monday. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, in the afterglow of a 5-1 Flames win over the Ottawa Senators last night in a rare Sunday nighter down at the Dome. After that stinking turd sandwich that was the Friday night game against the Ducks where they lost 3-1. to one. Um, No Matty Rose. He's trapped in British Columbia. Poor guy. Is he, like, against his will or no? Is he free will right now in British Columbia? I would expect he's free will. Okay. I mean, it's just a flight cancellation. Yeah. So, uh, Matty's not here today. Uh, he was supposed to be here. So, that means Patrick Dumas is pinch hitting today. Um, he's gonna do. You got a. You're wearing a lot of hats today. Uh, you helped book the show yesterday. Yeah. You're doing the Rose Report. Sure am. And you're then co-hosting the show. Yep. It's a lot. It's a lot. You're doing a lot. We can do it. Um, Alex Brody's the now producer of today's program. Yeah, it's, I, I, Alex. Get, he likes when he does these yeah, ones. Yeah, he like he like he like. I think he likes sitting in the producer chair. Oh yeah. These are fun shows for me because I can I get to do like I have some stuff I do post show behind yeah. the scenes and this doing this. Sitting in the producer chair, I kind of get to get a jump start on it. Oh, and, and not pay attention to the show. No, no, it, I get that's the thing. I pay more attention to oh, the show because, okay. I, yeah, it, it's he, hard to explain. Yeah, but, the op, he's got things in his ear. He's recording how, different things. I get it. Our listeners want to know how your tooth is already. Well, no, I, I'm. Oh. Maybe they we, do. We talked Maybe about they it on Friday. Touch. How you were dealing with just terrible dental pain? Yeah, we're doing better. I was definitely like, I'm, I'm kind of a zero to hundred person when it comes to problems. So what, I had some tooth pain on Friday. I was freaking out about it, um, but it's not a way to live life. <laughs> yeah, you ever heard the expression "Don't sweat the small stuff"? You know what? I get told it a lot, and you yeah. think I'd learn, but no. Uh, you, like, uh, trust me, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, Garrett Vanderplug, um, GVP, is our technical director. He's in today. Yes, sir. And I have a special surprise for both of you today. Uh-huh. What is that? I feel like I know what this is. So last week, um, you guys were both in, and then you both had no idea who the Beatles were and or who Yoko Ono was. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> so today at 7.15, um, it's going to be GVP versus Alex in a general Woo! knowledge quiz. All right. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm definitely excited and and like excited. Yeah, it'll be fine. These but questions I'm, are softballs, Alex. I'm not looking forward to embarrassing myself. Yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> um, GVP, are you are you ready? Are you nervous? I'm ready. I'm ready. You think you I'm, can? I'm do confident well? because, um, again, for full transparency, um, you guys have not seen the questions, mm-hmm. and you will not, and you have to leave your phones in the other room, mm-hmm. and you will just sit in front of a computer screen that's not on, and you only have yourself your brain to answer said questions. Who do you guys think is the favorite right now going into this? Okay. So I've whispered some of the questions to Patrick Dumal. I think he would be the one to (laughs) maybe answer this question. Uh, Sorry, Alex. I think GVP is going to. Oh yes, GVP is going to go in as a as a as a slight favorite in this one. Wow, you're saying GVP is like what minus one thirty? Alex is maybe plus one. Yeah, I think one hundred five. Yeah, yeah. It's not as long odds against uh, you know everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I think GVP can give him minus one fifty. Give Alex plus money here. Okay, wow, you're making GVP that much of a favorite. Sorry, sorry, minus one hundred five. Yes. Okay, minus one hundred five. So it it, it can it can skirt, but I think I think he's got a slight favorite here. 
Um, the questions uh, I did early this morning when I couldn't sleep, and I they they came out of my brain. So stuff that I think you guys should absolutely know working in this business. All right. But we'll see how you guys do. Just media business overall. Yeah, and it's general knowledge, and we'll do that at 7.15. Just in time for people driving into work to yell at their radio if you guys get it wrong. That That's probably a guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a guarantee. So Okay. Um, do you guys want to do some sort of wager between the two of you? Yeah, we can think of something. I'm okay. up for anything. Oh, okay. Anything. Okay. Tattoos. That's weird. Tattoos. Okay, we're not going to get a tattoo. We're not going to get that insane or that crazy. <laughs> but uh, we'll figure something out, and you guys will go head-to-head at 7.15 in a general knowledge quiz. I'm looking forward to that. That the listeners will play along with. I've, I've, uh, I fashioned 13 questions. So I'm, I'm imagining I give six, and then if there's a tiebreaker, there's a tie-breaking question. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm excited to uh, see how you guys do. I uh, like I I've given some of the questions to to Patrick Dumal. I would assume that Patrick would go 13 for 13 on these. That's how that's how easy I think they are. <laughs> yeah, the, the groan from Alex. So, I'm just yeah. I'm so nervous to yeah embarrass myself on the air. But we've been there. Okay, yeah. Do it it again. And listen, this isn't embarrassing. This is just gonna just see where you guys are at with stuff that is common knowledge. Okay. That people should know walking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. in North America, mm-hmm. you should know these things. If you've if you haven't been living in a cave or a bomb shelter for the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years. Okay? We'll do that at 715. Yes. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh Flames with a big 5-1 win mm-hmm. last night over the Ottawa Senators after that just gross <laughs> 3-1 loss to the Anaheim Ducks last night. The Ducks heading into that game, the only team in the NHL with eight goals against north of four, and the Flames managed to score one goal against the Ducks. John Gibson looked like uh, John Gibson from a few years ago, yeah, where he would be the starting goaltender for Team USA at a uh, best-on-best <laughs> competition. But the Flames couldn't beat the Ducks, uh, just probably one of the worst losses of the season. And then they go, and then they completely dominate a good Senators team yep. who's coming in on a heater although playing the back end of a back-to-back after getting beat up by the Canucks in Vancouver on Saturday night. Uh, that's why I want to ask you on the text line, 960-960. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. 960-960, name and location. Because you see the performance on Friday night, <laughs> and you're like, who are these guys what happened to those two wins during the week? Mm-hmm. And then you see this team last night where they thoroughly dominate a good, young, fast Ottawa Senators team that's on the rise. Yeah, it shouldn't surprise anyone, I don't think. I mean, this is just how the Flames have uh, been the script this year. It's playing down to teams that were below them or out of a playoff spot. And I, I like Daryl's comments on Friday when everybody's saying, hey, What's your what? What's with the the team in their play against non playoff teams? It's like, well, we're a non playoff team too. He's not so wrong. He's not wrong. And you know, it's just more of the same with the Flames. And then what they do last night because I was yeah, they get the one goal lead against Anaheim. And it's like you want that the next one, the next one, the next one, and then not it's like under like under two minutes later, Anaheim ties it. It was a complete uh, reversal there yesterday. It was like you get the two, you get the two nothing lead, but then you get oh god. The, the mess up goal, the stutes the goal. It's like, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah. And then, but, you know, 
You know what? Honestly, watching that game last night, I never thought the nope. Flames were in trouble. That's exactly it. I never thought at one point that, like, you know, like even at one nothing, even at two nothing, that they they're not going to blame blow this one. It felt like it just. It, it like well, they know what's happening. They know what's happening around them. Before last night, they were eight points out. Once the when they started that game, they were eight points out of the playoffs. I guess seven because Colorado would have been yeah now the wild card, but still, it's just. It's just, it's been the, the MO all year, man. It's just not consistent it, enough and right. frustration. And oh, wow, we scored five goals after scoring one goal in a span of two games. Yeah. Like, yeah At least man. there's been a constant here lately with the Calgary Flames. Oh, it's yeah. It's been the excellent play yeah. of Jacob Markstrom. And that's the one good constant you, you need. Yeah. And again, when the team doesn't score, you only muster mm-hmm. one goal against the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Like, you're okay, this team's not going to get into the playoffs. And then you watch what they did last night. You're like, okay, more <laughs> of this, please. Yeah. And then this whole Jonathan Huberto feeling way more comfortable playing the left side than the right side. Um, what I, the, the many things I like about the head coach of this team is uh, the passive aggressiveness that he, that he does. Oh, yeah. um, the clip last <laughs> night of him talking about the Huberto goal is just. Daryl Sutter to a T. It is so great. You can actually hear the smile in his voice uh, when he when he talks about this clip in the Huberto goal. Uh, GVP, can you play, please? Johnny came in on the right side and buried it. <laughs> Remember Joe McGinley used to play right wing? He scored most of his goals over there. So it's not necessarily what wing you play. Yeah, there you go. It's not necessarily what wing you play. Um, and Jerome McGinley scored the majority of his goals from the right side. I like, get that it. Is, that is so passive-aggressive, Daryl Sutter. It's perfect. Yeah, it's... And I get it. You got Huberto's comments from over the weekend on Saturday. Oh, I'll play it on my left side. I feel more comfortable here and whatnot. And it's it's been months since he's actually lined up at a left-wing spot to start a game. Yeah, I get it. You're going to score from where you can on the ice. It's not like you're your left wing and you're stuck on the left side of the ice. You can do it wherever you want, but I get it. I get like people in Alan Walsh's tweet yesterday. Like, <sighs> come on, man. Like Daryl Sutter's the head coach of this team and he's tried to do anything. We get it. He wants to play a more defensive style game. I've watched Florida. I watched Florida there on Saturday against the Jets. That is a very run and gun style team, man. Yep. Yeah, of course, Jonathan Huberto would love that, but not here. The Calgary plays a very defensive shutdown system, and, and Jonathan Huberto had to learn it. Get it? He's on his left side here for the final 7, 15, 16 games of the year, but whatever. I mean, we get it. Whether he was on the left side, I don't think you're getting the 100-point Huberto or not. It's just a guy that was having a bad year. Again, I keep bringing, bringing back the Johnny Goudreau example. Yeah. If Johnny Goudreau could finish second in Art Ross in the Art Ross race. Well, under Daryl Sutter. Under Daryl Sutter. Jonathan Huberto could easily Thank get back you. to his game. Yeah, again, I, I you can blame the coach all you want, mm-hmm. but they had the NHL's second-leading scorer last year. Yep. yep. Under Daryl Sutter and his system. And Kachuk was also a very high-scoring player as well. No question. The best line in hockey yep. last year. Yep. When, so it's, with, just, it's a culture shock, a yep. move. It, 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 we get it. If, it's, if yep. he's still dragging around 50 points in March of 2024, right. yeah, he's not a good player anymore. Um. It, it is frustrating when those two guys um, aren't producing because yeah. oh, essentially yeah. it's it's once those guys score and they both had a pair of points each, like it, it's good news for the Flames. I saw the uh, stat last night 
which I thought was great. I they had it on the broadcast. It's uh, when both of those guys score multiple points. Essentially, this team doesn't lose. Like, and again, I'm sure that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of other teams. Oh yeah, when uh, their stars are going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That when their stars are going, uh, they don't lose. Did I have that? No, I lied. I thought I had it. I thought I saw it. Uh, but who knows? Like the pass he made. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here yeah, we yeah. go. Uh, the team is eight zero and one when Huberto has two or more points. So now they're nine zero and one when Huberto has two or more points, and they're also now they won fifteen in a row when Rasmus Anderson scores, which is a, which is a really cool stat because he's a guy that he looks like Rasmus Anderson again after yeah. having that horrific, mm-hmm. whatever the hell happened to him in Detroit. Yeah, but yeah, those two stats. The Anderson one's kind of a bit of an anomaly. 15 in a row when he scores, that just feels like it's just kind of a lot of luck on that. Yeah. But when Huberto has two more more points, 9-0-1, that doesn't feel like a coincidence. No, that's that's a, a star that's engaged, and the team around him is engaged. And I, I thought that the pass he made to start that Hannafin goal, the great outlet to Kadri, and then Kadri yeah. finding Hannafin, a great, great read from Noah Hannafin. When that play started, yeah. he's way back at his opposite uh, face-off dot. And he reads that play really well once Jonathan Huberto gets that puck. So good on Noah Hannafin last night. I thought the defenseman on Bo- on on all the defensemen for the Flames were very good last night. Hannafin and Anderson specifically. But right back to Huberto. Yeah, when that guy's going, like it, it, you know what this team can be. Like they know they can be a very good team. And Jonathan Huberto can still be a very good player. It's just like I say, it's just it's struggled this year. It's been a tough, tough time, and that's and, a lot. And you know what? It, you know, it is frustrating. And and they and Lou talked about it, and he's going to mm-hmm. join us later on in the show. Peter Labardius at eight oh five, live from the airport. Uh, live from the airport. Uh, what's frustrating about um, Jonathan Huberto and this team is Michael Backlund and Lou talked mm-hmm. about it last night, probably having his best season mm-hmm. ever as a as a national right after his best season last year. <laughs> right. It's like, he's like a fine wine. Yeah. He continues to, to just get mm-hmm. better with age. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone on this team is having a down year mm-hmm. compared to last year where everyone was essentially having a career season. So it's like, okay, like they, yeah, Lindholm scored last night. They definitely need more from Lindholm. Yep. And the one thing that really surprised me last night, uh, Majapani really has zero points in his last nine games. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Feels like it. Well, yeah. It, but like that line <laughs> yeah, no. has been so good. Yeah. Yet he's not producing anything. But Coleman and Backlund are just electric yeah. on the like, score sheet. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? Like yeah. I never would have thought <laughs> to look that up because that line has been so damn good. But yeah, you're like, okay, you're paying Majapani how much money to produce and he's not producing, yet he's on the line that's been the team's best yeah. line for I don't know, three or four months now. It's the stuff he's doing away from the puck that's doing really, must be really good. I'm, I'm not gonna get into sure. the analytic things and all that. I don't really, I don't follow it. I don't know what he's doing away with the puck when he's what he what he how he is without the puck. I should say, but yeah, that is that is weird. Nine games in a row, and Coleman and Backlund, I'm sure in that time have. I know Backlund for sure in the last nine is probably. Uh, what is it, your last 10 or so? So, but but listen to this stat, too, on Andrew Mangiapane. Again, uh, one of the reasons why the Flames have struggled, the guy's not scoring 35 goals. Mm. Like that, Yeah, that's a huge thing. He's, like, he's, you're not getting that secondary scoring from a guy like Mangiapane who cashed in. In his last nine games where he's been held pointless, how many shots on goal do you think he has without looking? In the last nine games, he's probably got 14 shots on that. Six. Wow. 
six. Talk about Jonathan Huberto shooting the puck more. Andrew Majapane, man, shoot the puck more. Yeah, he has six. Oh, no, I looked at that wrong. That was penalty <laughs> minutes. Oh, boy. Hold on. Three, four, six, eight, 11. All right. Still, I had 14, he had 11. Still not. And six penalty minutes. Damn it. He had two last night. But still, 11 in nine games. Yeah, no, that's not good. No. No, not for a guy that but, uh, at and, a point should have been a 40 goal guy last uh, year. Oh, really fumbled the football on that one. But Tyler Toffoli is a guy who says he has to get four shots on goal a game. What did Tyler Toffoli have of shots last night? Yeah, he probably had around four shots on goal, and he was very effective last night. Very and it effective. looked like he got hurt. Yeah, when he ran into Mandalazy. When he got uh, tied up behind yeah. the net. And he didn't like it and went to talk to him, and then you saw Mandalazy kind of tap him, like, hey, my bad. Yeah, because Mandalazy like, locked him out. But I, yeah. what I do like about Tyler Toffoli is he's a sneaky rat out there. Yeah. When you watch Tyler Toffoli play, he loves to slash and whack guys, mm-hmm. like, all the time. Yeah. Like, that. that's kind of the one thing I like. Uh uh, to Foley, two shots on goal last night. Uh, eight against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight. Yeah, and he was the snake bit. He, like that, like that one, like the Pelche pass that Gibson robbed with his left there in the third period. That I like. You got goalied for a third time this year. I think we can point like three times this year where the Flames got absolutely goaltendered. And that was one of them. Uh, way more on the Flames five-one victory last night over the Ottawa Senators. Matt Marchese uh, from the um, Jeff Merrick show. He's the producer. Mm. He'll join us at 730. He fills in for Jeff uh, a lot on his show. Peter Labardius, the voice, uh, the color analyst for the Flames at 830. And Buck Martinez, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet. Uh, Talk about those Jays. The season's on, please. um, We're getting closer, man. 29th. March 29th is opening day. Let's go. Like, I, I, you know my thing. I hate Mm. spring training. Well, it, you know what? It's helping with the WBC right now. It's kind it of taking me away from the spring training because, man, I, I, that, I'm i so excited about watching this World Baseball Classic. It's been some fun games. But that Canada-Great Britain game was Ooh. the worst, best game of all time. It was so long. Oh, my. Yeah. Like, I, I turned it on and was like. It's, it's unbelievable how you already want the pitch clock at the World Baseball yeah. Classic. <laughs> it's insane. Like, it's insane. Yeah, no, it was, that was that was brutal. We got the mercy rule put in. 18 runs, the most runs ever scored at the World um, Baseball Classic. But. I'm sure Star and Jack, I don't know, maybe Jack, does stuff on the Oscars last night. I saw some clips. I be, yeah, Star, I believe Billy Joe was pulling some clips. Oh, yeah, so, yeah of they, course. They've they, been doing some stuff. They, yeah. they got to talk. So, um, the 95th Academy Awards last night, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, yep. like, cleaned up with Dominated. all the big awards. Best picture, director, actress, supporting actor, yep. supporting actress. Um, and Angela Bassett losing to Jamie Lee Curtis, her face was like she was not pleased. So they won all the big <laughs> awards last night. But one of the biggest things that's uh, catching the rounds on social media uh, this morning was the red carpet mm. uh, before the actual Oscars. And uh, Ashley Graham was doing it for ABC. I don't, I don't, does Ashley Graham host a podcast? Is she like she's a, a model? Host? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, she's the plus size yeah, yeah, model, yeah, yeah. Ashley Graham, very, very famous. I don't think no, she hosts any like podcasts a, or anything. Like what? I, I don't know. Like, does she do stuff? Is she a correspondent of some sort, entertainment reporter for ABC? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, she interviewed um, Hugh Grant um, <laughs> yesterday. And if you haven't heard an awkward interview, um, this this one fits the bill. Like, I love awkward interviews sometimes because hey. awkward is one of my favorite things in this life. But uh, <laughs> this one was cringy. And uh, if you missed the uh, Ashley Graham interviewing Hugh Grant before we get to the morning report, here it is on the big show. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, 
It's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Just my suit. Your <laughs> suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember. My tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but yeah. still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay, all yeah. right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right, back to you guys. Yeah. Um, a little weird. Hugh Grant's catching a lot of arrows for that this morning, I, last night. I think Hugh Grant is just a, a regular dude. I think this yeah. is a guy that's not at the height of his popularity that he was in the 90s and everything. I think this is a guy that's just like, hey, I'm... I'm just happy to be here, get to present. Yeah. Uh, he's just I yeah, he's giving the whole hockey interview right there. Like I I think I I think I would have liked some better questions from Ashley. Yeah, it's it's kind like, of again, weird, like, he, like again, him up. He was a bit of a Richard yeah. last night, which is fine, but she needs to also give him a little because at the beginning, yeah. he was fine. And then like you're asking me really dumb questions, and it's like uh, feels like Ashley Graham should have researched a little bit more on Hugh Grant. Like go back, like find like, some, like, find an old moment that see. Was but Hugh that's Grant. on her producers because yeah. they're feeding her questions. Oh, hundred percent. She didn't come up with them questions. Yeah. So it's like, oh man, what a meltdown. Ashley asked, "What you? What is your most I don't know, suit, guys? Do you have an <laughs> awkward interview you've done on this radio station or even in school? Uh, or? Yeah, it's always with like people that aren't." It's funny enough. It's not athletes. It's like we have to do like sometimes like a, a, a company will come to the, the station and say, we want to do a little interview or something and right. sell our product. They give you talking points and you try and say the talking points and you try and go on that. And they they really don't want to like say more than that. And it, it's happened a few times. Never really with athletes so much mm. lately. It's been mainly with companies. The, the one that comes to my mind and it, we would never get the tape. You, the tape doesn't exist mm. anymore like it. It was done years ago. I was interning in Toronto, mm -hmm. and I and I covered the Mississauga Ice Dogs Sudbury Wolves playoff series. Right. And Mike Felino was the head coach of the Sudbury Wolves. Okay, and I interviewed him. It was the most awkward thing ever. Like I asked him a couple <laughs> questions, and he was just being very standoffish. Yeah. After they lost, and I'm like, "Ooh, this is no good." Yeah. And I'm like, way too green and way too new. Of course, to like you don't know when to get out. <laughs> like now, if that happened to me, I like I would love that chance to interview him in that in that same oh, way yeah, again, exactly. Because I would just come with like all these other different weird questions to get like weird answers out of him. But Mike Felino, like every time I see videos or even his sons <laughs> playing in the league or him jumping up and down as an NHLer scoring goals, I'm like, man, that was such a weird interview I had at the Hershey Center way back when. <laughs> In Mississauga, but yeah, super awkward. Yeah. And again, I think I think Hugh Grant's taking a little too many arrows. Yeah, I I got. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It's he, a, sure, he was he was like he was being a bit of a Richard. It's a smart guy asking yeah. in a smart ass response, and yeah. I and I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, the Rose Report straight ahead um, with starring Patrick Dumont. Busy, busy weekend. Uh, lots to get to. Flames play two games. The rest of the NHL mm. scoreboard. Uh, the Players Championship. The World Baseball Classic. Tons to discuss straight ahead. At the top of the hour, more on that Flames 5-1 win last night, 3-1 loss for night. And then at 7-15, um, 
We got to see if the children are our future. Um, GVP, uh, our technical director, uh, Garrett, will square off head-to-head against our producer slash operator slash star of Brody on the beat, Alex Brody, in a general knowledge test. Why we're doing this? Because this all stemmed from last week when they both had no idea who the Beatles were. Mm. And some of these questions, you might yell at your radio if they don't get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Again, I... I have high hopes for you guys. I think if you guys have watched enough TV and just like, or like generally, even, even Family Guy, even, there's enough stuff that you've watched in Family yeah. Guy that would be in this. Or even or even like listened a little bit in elementary school. Yeah. You would get this. Yeah. Because I don't think they've changed the curriculum curriculum in the yeah. elementary for a while. Yeah. And, and we're going to do that at 715. Uh, it's the big show live from Doug uh, Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Big Stonio? Stonio. The big Stonio. <laughs> I'm sharp as a bag of wet hair. By the way, uh, also on the text line, uh, the flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me after that dog's breakfast of a game Mm. Friday night, that sterling performance last night against the Ottawa Senators, 960-960 name and location. Tons to come. It's the big show, Wrestling and Row, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Good morning. It's Monday. It's the big show, Russell and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the top of the hour, more on that Flames 5-1 win last night over the Ottawa Senators. Um, if you're going to work at 7.15, maybe maybe you want to be a little late or strap in. Because last week, um, our technical director, Garrett, and our producer today, Alex Brody, had no idea about the Beatles. So then I said, the next time you're both in, we got to do a general knowledge quiz, pitting both of you head to head. We're going to do that quiz at 7.15. And uh, I think you'll each get six questions. And we'll see how you do. Like, I I hope you could at least get three each right, at least. We're figuring out how we can raise the stakes here, too. Okay. Yeah, we're going to try and figure that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's super interesting. Mm. I like that. You guys determine what the bet is, what the wager is. And I'm looking forward to what you guys cook up. We're trying to think of something where punishment would be on air again. Oh. Because who doesn't love embarrassing yourself? Okay. But, okay. All right. That sounds good. Uh, we'll do that at 7.15. We still owe Matt a song, but I feel yeah, like no, it's, just, we, it's just going away, and I feel like, yeah, it's just going to get forgotten about. No, no, no. We're going to do it. We, All we, right. No, no. we got to own up to it. It's just Maddie's supposed to be here today, but he's trapped in British Columbia. Vancouver Island. Yes. He's not, not even on the main line. Not the worst place to be trapped in the no, world. No, it's a beautiful place. So uh, Maddie Rose should be back tomorrow, we hope. Um... Peter Labardius, Buck Martinez, Matt Marchese, all straight ahead. And we're taking your text messages, 960-960. The flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. But first, it's the morning slash Rose Report brought mm. to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. You can play the Marty Rose thing. That's all right. Even though he's not here. We're okay. We're into it. All right. We're already into it. Let's Flames, it. Uh, since we last spoke to you, the Flames played two games. 
Uh, and they were uh, four points out on Friday morning. Let's see what exactly went down uh, to get to you to Monday now. So we'll start on Friday, uh, snowy Friday evening. The Flames welcoming the 28th place Anaheim Ducks. But we all know how difficult it's been for this group against teams that are below them in the standings. They will surely put the fan base through a journey of emotions. Jacob Marks from making his fifth straight start. And he's been really good coming off his first shutout of the year. Number 25 was not busy in the first period. Flames followed that script to a T, out shooting their opposition 13-5 after 20 minutes of play. A couple notable things out of that period. Let's let her put the lines in a blender. Jonathan Huberto was up on the left side for the first time in months alongside uh, Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. Nick Ritchie also didn't have a shift in the final 5.51 of that first period. More to come because Nick Ritchie did not play last night. Uh, six, second period here. Lines back to normal. The Ducks still not giving the Flames much of anything. John Gibson played really well. And that's what he's been with the Ducks of late. Uh, he's been pretty good. Showed of late. You know, they're 4-3-3 three, and three heading into that game on Friday. Ducks get called for a penalty. Calgary boy Brett Leeson hooks Huberto. Flames to the power play. Foley. Receive. Far side to Lindholm who shoots and scores! Yeah, to Foley with a nice pass over to Lindholm. Takes the shot. Backlund tips it for his 15th. Flames. That's all. They get that all-important 1-0 lead. That's their first goal since Tyler Toffoli's winner against Dallas the previous Monday. You'd like to see the Flames generate some more, uh, but it just felt like this was going to be one where in those nights, John Gibson's playing really well. Ducks finding finding opportunities where they can. And just a minute after Backlund scored, the Ducks, Comtois. Yeah, but... Okay, go play the clip if you want. You got the clip? Yeah, it's just a come to a goal. It's okay, not a big deal. Yeah. Um, the urgency, or lack thereof, on Friday was super frustrating for the Calgary yeah. Flames. And yeah. it's like, th- this team can't afford to take anybody lightly. Mm-hmm. And just the the energy in the building, too, after the first period, it yeah. was just sapped. Mm-hmm. And the Ducks just played, and they talked about it on the broadcast. I don't know how many times... Uh, they talked about flipping the puck out because mm-hmm. that's all the Ducks did the entire third period was just pitchfork the puck out of the zone. And it was super frustrating because you have to generate more against the Ducks team. That's clearly in yeah. Connor Bedard tank mode. Oh, yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Like, and, and that game Friday night after the positive vibes you had in those two wins during the week. Man, that had to be the ugliest loss of the season. And there's been some ugly losses this season mm-hmm. where the team has looked lifeless. That one in a must win. We had the franchise here on Mm -hmm. Friday morning saying, if there's any time there's a must win tonight, it's tonight against the Ducks, and they lay a total and complete game. And you talked about Friday as well. They probably needed five of six over the next three. Yeah. Now it's only four is a possibility. But uh, hometown boy for the the Ducks, Brett Leeson, uh, gives the Ducks their uh, first lead of the night, and that's uh, that was all they would get. They'd get an empty netter as well. Uh, Later on, Derek Grant, the former Flame, Chipping one in. There was a spot in the third period where the Flames, they have the puck in the duck zone, and they're, they're just firing the puck wide, wide, yeah. wide. Nobody's trying to get a shot. It took the, like, the fourth or fifth shot that they finally got it on, and it was just a Uyghur shot right into Gibson's glove. Like, and no traffic in no front. No traffic either. in front. Just high and wide, high and wide. Well, just not good. Uh so yeah, the Flames fall to the Ducks 3-1. So they were six points out, uh, or they were still four points out. But the, Fl- the Jets did win on Saturday, putting them six out. What would happen on Sunday? Well, it would bring lineup changes, and Jacob Markstrom making his sixth consecutive start. Jacob Pelche up on the top line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. Jonathan Huberto on the left side mm. with Nazem Kadri and Dylan Dubé. Andrew Majapane, Backlund, Coleman stayed together. 
Milan Lucic stayed in. Trevor Lewis back in for uh, one uh, Nick Ritchie and Walker, or sorry, Adam Rzichka and Walker Dewar also finding his way yeah, in as and, well. And I thought it was interesting that Rick and uh, Greg last night were talking about that. Maybe Walker Dewar had some injury Could've was been. the reason why he hasn't Could've. been in the last couple games because that was something yeah. we we were scratching Stretch, our heads yeah. about. Why is Walker Dewar not into the lineup? Yeah. He has a ton of speed and yeah. a ton of size to that fourth line. Yeah. And again, last night, I thought he was effective. Yeah, somebody mentioned on Twitter to me when I mentioned that, well, I don't like Walker Dewar coming out of the lineup. I think somebody did mention, like, I think he is banged up a little and I didn't really follow up on that, but it kind of made sense because Walker Dewar is very effective, and why would you just take him out for, for the sake of it for trying out Nick Ritchie? Anyways, Neil Hannafin did not skate on Saturday, but he was in the lineup on Sunday. Flames got off to another great start. Uh, they thought they had a goal from Tyler Toffoli, but it was waved off for offsides. Toffoli gets called for cross-checking, for cross checking, but did you know uh, you're allowed to score a goal when you're down a player, George? I did know that. Face off to Markstrom's left. Drew wins the draw, but the Flames steal the puck, and now Lindholm back into the center zone, and center it, Backlund dangles in, and drops, Anderson scores! Win a face-off, slick feed from Backlund, and Rasmus scores his ninth, an all-Swedish goal, and the Flames lead 1-0. To me, when there's certain markers when you watch the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to have a good game, and to me, it's so weird. It's all in the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. When this team is uber aggressive on their penalty kill and, and Backlund and and Lindholm are getting these chances and Coleman, like all of a sudden you're like, okay, this team has mm-hmm. it tonight. Yeah. To me, if the penalty kill's on point, it's going to be a good night for the Calgary yeah. Flames. And we saw that last night. Yeah, that's exactly. Against the fifth best power play in the NHL. Yeah, the special teams was cooking last night for the Flames and they needed it. A little over six minutes later, Flames for the power play. Thanks to Eric Brandstrom. Hold on, Jonathan Huberto, and we get more from the Swedish three. Back with the spins. Bouncing across the ice. Two to full left point. He drops to Anderson. Moves it far quarter. Back in to Lindholm, and he scores! Really wanted to see that power play get going. That's, uh, that's how you draw it up on the whiteboard. Flames up 2-0 after 20. Yeah, um, it, it felt like this is exactly what they needed, and mm-hmm. they were all over Ottawa. Ottawa looked a little... Little Second night of a back-to-back. They only yeah. had 22 out. They landed late. They lost an hour right. they, with the time change as well. I think they had 22 hours between games, so less than a day. So, yeah, you could tell Ottawa was a little tired, I think. Uh, uh, I also liked when uh, Markstrom in that period, the first period, mm. uh, was beaking with uh, referee Cody Beach. Yeah. Did you see that? Because no. he was touched. And uh, Markstrom was beaking at him. I like that about Jacob Markstrom because you know he's super focused. Yeah, you want and the goal- last night again, yeah. laser focused yeah. in that game. If the goalies are engaged and, and Markstrom's engaged, I like that. Okay, I did not see that, but I will find that. That's good, 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 uh, good eye there. Uh, Andrew Majapani gets called for a holding on uh, holding the stick of Claude Giroux. He can't do that. Sends can't do anything with the power play. But shortly after that, Blake Coleman can't clear the zone uh, because he gets clobbered by Claude Giroux. The puck gets shot towards the skate of Michael Backlund, who inadvertently kicks it back in the Flames zone. And a little comedy ensues. Coleman will have to chase it back into his own territory. He gets pulled over a big open ice body check. Thrown by Giroux. The bounces up, and now it's loose in front. Stutzla scores. Yeah, we a little confusion there. Yeah. Uh, Backlund plays it to Markstrom. Markstrom gives it back to Backlund and goes off him, and Stutzla puts it yeah. in. Uh, total little miscommunication. Before that, too, you talk about that Manjapani penalty. Yeah. 
Um, Flames had a three-on-one break shorthanded where Anderson tried to wrap it around the net. Mm -hmm. Again, Flames uber aggressive on the penalty kill and look great. That's just one of those plays that happen in the NHL where you're like, oh boy, uh, these things do happen. And we know that Daryl wants their their goaltenders to play the puck, which is fine. But that was just an ugly miscommunication. And how can you blame a guy like Backlund in that? Mm -hmm. He's, again, probably been the Flames' best player this entire season as a whole. It's just accidents happen. Yeah. And, and luckily, it didn't come back to bite the Flames because that was the only blemish of what was a very nice game by Calgary. Yeah, and I was like, could the Flames get that next goal? How about another one that could really put the game away? They know their season is probably on the line if they don't get two points here. Well, just under two minutes later. Pinto loses it. Defoley finds it and feeds Kadri. Kadri saucers it in front and scores! Yeah, Flames force a turnover. Kadri's shot gets elevated by Artem Zub, and Huberto spears it by Mandelazi. And uh, Flames get an all-important two-goal lead back. And then Alan Walsh tweeted, Calgary left-wing Jonathan Huberto. Shut up, Alan. Uh, just, past se- <laughs> just past the seven-minute mark, mark. More good stuff from the Flames. Here's Huberto. The middle to Kadri. Kadri. Ahead to Hannafin, who scores! Yeah, absolutely. Electric pass from Huberto to Kadri, and it finds a streaking Hannafin reading the play so well there. He's got that ability, so awesome to see him use it here. Uh, Flames now with a 4-1 lead, but it felt like 8 to me. Yeah, and uh, I gave the stat earlier, heading into the game, Flames 8-0-1 when Huberto has two points or more. Now that record is 9-0-1, and that line looked like it had a lot more jump, Mm -hmm. and they desperately need a ton more from their new acquisitions in Kadri and Huberto, and we saw that last night. Yep. Those guys are all over the ice. Although I didn't like the interference call Kadri took, mm-hmm. which was a little bit of a selfish play a after little bit getting late. hit. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. I want to see a little more jam and a little more nastiness from Nazem Kadri. Talk about Markstrom being engaged. Yeah, because yeah. that makes Kadri Kadri. Yeah, yeah he, he skates to that fine line mm-hmm. of being a dirty player, and sometimes he steps over that line, which is fine. And he did that with the Avalanche yeah. last year as Jordan Bennington. But he's a guy that definitely can, when he plays that mm-hmm. way, he plays his best. And they were great last night for the Flames. Yeah, very good game from those two. Uh, what are we at here? Uh, third period, Flames now putting down the hammer. Senators getting absolutely nothing towards Jacob Markstrom, ending up finishing the period with only five shots. Uh, with a nice three-goal lead, you can start rolling the lines and uh, the fourth line with a shift against the big boys of Ottawa. Back is back to get it. It's hit by Lucic. He comes free. Lewis scores! Yeah, Trevor Lewis with a dump in. Milan Lucic on the forecheck puts a nice shot into noted Flames fan Brady Kachuk. Uh, he turns the puck over and gets uh, r- right to the stick of Trevor Lewis. Make it 5-1 Flames. That would be your final. Flames with a much-needed two points to pull within five of Colorado now for the final wildcard spot. Winnipeg maintains their six-point lead. Jets probably still the team to watch as the Avs do have games in hand on the Jets and Flames, but don't work now. we got the Predators in between. Yeah, Nashville just not going away after their win last night, and I'm sure you'll get to that real quick. Yeah. Um, if, if you're a Flames fan this morning, uh, number one, you're like, where was this Friday night yep. against the Anaheim Ducks? Because we could be riding a, a four-game winning streak right now, heading into a game with the Coyotes at Mullet yep. Arena tomorrow night. But uh, positive or positive news for Calgary fans, uh, not so much for Winnipeg Jets fans. Josh Morrissey's banged up. Yeah. And he is he is the linchpin of their blue line. Mm-hmm. And if he's out long-term, uh, it's going to be a big hill to climb for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so we'll get to that one here in a little bit. Uh, to the NHL, or I should say this first. The Flames now on the road for two into the mullet on Tuesday to take on the Coyotes before heading into Vegas. T-Mobile with a duel with the Golden Knights on Thursday. 
Seven other games around the NHL. Starting Boston, they were the first team to clinch a uh, first team in the league to clinch a plot spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs after the three-two win over Detroit on Saturday. What would the second night of a home and home bring? Well, Detroit would come out like a house on fire, scoring four unanswered to open this one up. Boston would claw their way back to get within one, but Andrew Kopp put in his eighth into an empty net. Uh, Wings win five-three. Uh, Boston though still fifty ten and five on the year. Uh, Rangers and Penguins. Broadway Blue Shirts have been scuffling a late, going four-five and one over the last ten. Penguins coming in three points up on the final wild card, and they've been rolling of late. Rangers open the scoring. Teams would exchange goals. We even need overtime. Penguins with a four-on-three in overtime. We do not have that goal right now. We do not have that Latang goal. Uh, moving on. Latang wins it there. His ninth. Penguins on fire. Seven, two, and one now yeah. in their last ten. Solid in a playoff spot. Now five up on the ninth mm. spot with a game in hand on the Panthers. Also, you see the media in New York has been walking in on empty dressing rooms with the Rangers, having their requests uh, for interviews being met with either they're unavailable or just flat-out no's. Which is weird. And yeah. I know Larry Brooks tweet, bro, yeah. Brooksy tweeted it and last Vince, night. Vince Mercogliano was like, yeah, we've been going into these dressing rooms and nobody's there. All of our requests are either like, well, they're not available or no. So things ain't so weird. rosy right now. And at apparently MSG. Um, Larry Brooks was talking about how um, the goaltenders are never available to talk. Yep. That's the other thing. Yeah. Which is super weird. Yeah. Something weird is going on there between the the, the PR people, the team, and the media. Not the, great look they, right now. They like must that. have read or seen something they didn't like and then are just taking out on everybody else. Which totally. is very petty by an organization because yeah. you have to work hand in But hand. it doesn't surprise me with that organization who's uh, running that one, Larry Dolan. Uh, Hurricanes and Devils uh, clash at the top of the Metro. Canes and Devils clashing in Newark. Jersey got out to a 2 nothing lead thanks to Jack Hughes and Jasper Bratt. Uh, in the second, more from Brat. You haven't scored in 27 games. You got your two teammates driving the net. Mm. Just, but and I'm not. Oh, oh turnover by Kochekov. <laughs> Chance for the Devils. It's loose in the crease, and they score. Hughes causes the turnover. Brat with the payoff, and it's three nothing. Sorry, Chico. We had to interrupt you for a goal. Yeah. Uh, Devils win 3 nothing. They pull right alongside the Canes with 94 points. Should be an amazing finish in the Metropolitan. Uh, Golden Knights and Blues. Vegas coming in with a one-point lead atop the Pacific Division, taking on St. Louis. Uh, the Blues fought Vegas hard, and this one was tied heading into the third period. Knights again cut in towards the goal. Smith with Dorothea. Carlson stopped. Now a rebound. They score! Pavel Dorofiev had to go off his noggin and into the goal. Not the most pretty first ever NHL goal for uh, Pavel Dorofiev uh, off the visor and in, but it's a game-winning goal. Alex Petrangelo would put one into a yawning cage. Golden Knights win 5-3, move three points clear of L.A. atop the Pacific Division. Uh, Jets and Lightning, Flames fans following along this one, I'm sure, before the start of their game. Uh, Jets coming in six points clear of Calgary. Uh, for the final wild card spot. No Josh Morrissey either after he got banged up in Saturday's contest. Uh, Bolts, we know, were not been playing great of late. They've lost five of six. They actually opened the scoring in this one thanks to Alex Kalorn. Jets would score three unanswered and hold on for a 3-2 win. Connor Hellebuck with 33 saves on back-to-back starts uh, on same back-to-back nights. Uh, so for the time being, the Jets were eight points clear of the Calgary Flames until Calgary won and mm back within six. Wild and Coyotes, the Flames' next opponent, will be Arizona on Tuesday, but on Sunday they were hosting the Wild. And what a game it was at the Mullet. The Wild led this one 4-2. With under two to play in the second, Brett Ritchie gets his second with the Yotes to pull within one. Third period now, Clayton Keller takes a nice feed from Jack McBain to tie it. 
This one needed overtime where the best player in the Coyotes does it again. Takes it across the blue line, leaves it for Hayton. Hayton working on the shot. It gets through and they score! Clayton Keller got in behind Philip Gustafsson. I think it's going to be his goal. There you go. Coyotes win. This is 29th. Wild gets uh, get a point to say one point back of Dallas for the division lead. Predators and Ducks, another high-scoring affair. Predators also led 4-2. Ducks came all the way back to tie it. But in overtime, Tommy, Tommy Novak gets his second of the game, third point of the night. Predators at 73 points yeah. with three games in hand on the Flames. What? So nothing going right on the out-of-town score. Uh, what the what? I thought the Predators were selling here, and, yep. and, and they're in tank mode, and yep. we're going to have a new GM. We're going to have a new vision for the organization. Barry Trotz here, great. And they're still like a thorn in the side of the Calgary Flames. They play hard, And man. this Western Conference race. It makes no sense. You get rid of guys like Tanner Janot, Matias Ekholm, Nino Niederreiter, and sure, young guys getting up. Tommy Novak with a three-point night last night. <laughs> Predators. Uh, still, man, they, the Flames have to leapfrog one more team to even think about catching a yeah, wild Yeah, but uh, again, spot. this is this is more about, obviously, the Calgary Flames than anybody yeah. else. They have uh, 15 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Probably got to win about at least 11 of them. Feels like it. And they got that one game with Nashville and one game with Winnipeg yeah. still left to go. Uh, locally, the Calgary Hitman played a home-and-home home with the Rebels. Friday was a massive come-from-behind 4-3 win in overtime, while Saturday, before the game they honored, their original owner, Brett the Hitman Hart, making his uh, making him the second builder to be a forever a Hitman. Uh, the game, however, was not that great. Rebels beat the Hitman 9-0. There's now a three-way tie for the final playoff spot in the East with Swift Current and Brandon. Calgary does have a game in hand over Speedy Creek. Next action for the Hitman will be on Wednesday at the Dome when they ho- begin a home-and-home home with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, the Baby Flames, the Calgary Wranglers, became the first team in the AHL to clinch a spot in the Calder Cup playoffs with a 2 nothing win over the Ontario Reign on Friday. Dustin Wolf, of course, named the first star in that one with 34-save shutout. On Sunday, got behind 2 nothing, scored four unanswered, and held on for a 4-3 win. Connor Zari with two assists. His season, great season, continues. Wranglers back in action on Friday in Tucson to take on the Roadrunners. Uh, Canada playing their first game at the World Baseball Classic yesterday, taking on Great Britain. And for the second uh, second game in a row, Great Britain felt like playing the upset card. Uh, after a quick start against the Americans on Saturday, they got out to a 3-0 lead against Canada. That top half was the last time they would see the lead as Canada would explode for five runs in their half of the first. Every inning would have scoring in it by both teams until Man. the fifth. Canada scores 18 runs, the most ever at the WBC. The mercy rule went into effect as well. They only needed two home runs to do it. Canada starts the World Baseball Classic with an 18-8 win. Great Britain falls to 0-2. Cardinals outfielder Tyler O'Neill went 4-4 for with four ribbies. Freddie Freeman was 2-5. for Jay's Otto Lopez was also 2-5 for with two ribbies. Um, did the Great Britain jerseys get picked by the default setting at the World Baseball Classic? I don't know, but Canada's aren't pretty aren't that greatest either with no. the small font. But yeah, Great Britain's very yeah. generic with the yeah. great... Britain. That's all it said. And they were gray and with the black letter. made them too. Yeah. Like nothing about the Great Britain jerseys were exciting. Couldn't get a lion. But but to be honest with you, they're exactly what a team from Great Britain should look like when they're playing baseball. Playing. Uh, And again, shocking result last night. Mexico beats the United States. 11-5. If Canada can somehow beat the U.S., see you later, America. U.S. is 1-1 right now. This is is a big one tonight. 8 o'clock on Sportsnet. Uh, Elsewhere, did you see Shohei Otani's 448-foot home run? He is the most interesting man in sports. Listen to the crowd. Otani-san back in a Samurai Japan uniform for the first time. 
major international competition in more than six years. The 0-1 pitch, taken high and deep to right field. Otani has blown the roof off the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, 448 feet to the back of the Tokyo Dome. He is Japan's hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Shohei Otani. Japan wins 7-1 over Australia. That's Australia's only loss in Pool B. Australia advances alongside Japan. Uh, they're off to the quarters. Final spot in Pool B will come down. Well, actually, I should say Australia is the final team in Pool B. Rays minor leaguer reliever Joe LaSorsa was called up on to shut down the Netherlands with the bases loaded and up 6-1. Italy beats the Dutch to clinch the final spot in wow. Pool A. They will join Cuba in the quarters. Pool C and D have a few more days to go as well. The Blue Jays were in action uh, down in Clearwater, taking on the Phillies. George Springer continues his hot spring with his third home run to open the scoring in the third. With the Jays up 5-3, the other Zach Britton steps up to the plate. First pitch to Zach Britton is Tomahawk. High and deep. Out to right field. That one is ticketed for US-19. Holy smokes. Zach Britton absolutely pummels the baseball. A three-run home run. 8-3 the final. Jays continue the spring schedule this morning at 11 a.m. against the Bo Sox. You can watch it on Sportsnet West or listen to it over on our alternate feed at sportsnet.ca slash 960. Uh, we'll talk to the one and only yes. Buck Martinez at 8.30 because uh, Bizarro Kikuchi <laughs> continues to be dealing in spring training. Yeah. And how much is that as a mirage? Or maybe he's found something mechanically or really. maybe more importantly upstairs that makes him kind of be that guy the Blue Jays thought they were I getting really when he had an all-star ladder, season man. before he came to the Blue Jays. He's got the stuff. We just got to see it all put together. Uh, to the NFL, two days until NFL free agency begins, and the Bears got the real offseason party started on Friday when they moved that first Woo. overall pick to the Carolina Panthers, and boy, did they get a very handsome return. And as a Packer fan, it makes me ill reading it. The Packers received the ninth, or the Bears received the ninth overall pick in the 2023 draft, the 61st selection in the 2023 draft, a 2024 first, a 2025 second, and wide receiver DJ Moore, who's entering the second year of a three-year $61.5 million deal. Bears get a number one wide receiver, and they will be front and center on Wednesday when they have more money to spend than anyone in the league coming in at just a little over $75.5 million in cap space. Yeah, the Bears should go address the Frank offensive Clark. line. Frank Clark. Yeah, go address the offensive line. <laughs> Orlando though, Brown. Because uh, Justin Fields is running for his life at times. <laughs> and uh, there's even talk now that the Bears might trade out of the ninth spot to mm -hmm. even get more picks. They could do it. Because they have a lot of holes in their roster. Yep. But when you look at the receiving core all of a sudden, you got DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. You got Darnell Mooney, who's a really solid yep. two. Then yep. you got Chase Claypool to maybe stretch the field. Mm -hmm. Cole Komet is a really nice pass-catching tight he end. He came on really good late. I, I kind of like what the Bears are doing right now. In that division, that looks like a giant question mark. And they don't have an idiot running the team anymore. Uh, LA Rams, in order to save some, some cap space, have sent Pro Bowl and All-Pro corner Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. I uh, wonder if this is the start of a bigger teardown in L.A. They got no picks. Futures of Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald definitely in question here. New York Jets, if they don't, if something goes wrong with this Rodgers thing, which I'm getting more and more sense that it is something is going wrong with this Rodgers thing, Matt Stafford could be a backup option for the Jets. Yeah, I, I think maybe that would be the best option for the yeah. New York Jets because Matthew Stafford's not ready to retire, oh, I don't no. think. Nope. Rodgers might be one and done with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how long he'll want to play in New York for gangrene. 
but maybe Matthew Stafford's the guy. And that's kind of the surprising name coming mm-hmm. out of all of this, that you wouldn't think that Matthew Stafford would be available. Oh, no, apparently he's readily yeah. available now to teams who want to do it. I'm surprised the Colts haven't jumped in. No, no, no. They, they, they want to build through the <laughs> they draft. They want to go draft. Sure. CJ Stroud, Will sure. Levis, Byron Bryce Young. But, yeah, no, and then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably going to go to Vegas, reunite with uh, with McDaniels. Like Vegas. Matthew Stafford and Devontae Adams, they can make some magic together. Yeah, we'll see here. It should Darren be Darren Waller, yeah. Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. I think, I think and they, he knows how to play behind yeah. a wonky offensive line. He's mm-hmm. done it for years. <laughs> His entire career. Uh, the Commanders extended one of their key pieces, one of the best defensive linemen in the game as well, Deron Payne, to a four-year $90 million extension, $60 million of which is guaranteed. And still nothing from Aaron Rodgers' camp. It's, it's literally the ball is in his court. Sounds like compensation has been agreed upon. Uh, but, yeah, it's all on him right now. And uh, I don't know. Mark Murphy went on a local station in Green Bay on Friday during the uh, Wisconsin State Girls Basketball Championship and said, uh, we'd love to have him back. So I don't know. I think there's some confusion. I think Mark yeah. Murphy might have messed things up yeah. a little bit in Green Bay. Uh, as the, again, league well, year starts up in Wednesday because I, I think the team is ready to move on. Yeah, I think uh, Rogers said he will have a decision soon on where Before he's going. Before free agency. We got yeah. two days. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, final round of the PGA's unofficial fifth major, the Players' Championship taking place at TPC Sawgrass. And, George, we have a new world number one. Oh, no. After no. what was an absolute beautiful masterpiece of four rounds from Scotty Scheffler. Defending Masters champ knows exactly what's on the horizon. And he killed it. 65 on Saturday. Nice 69 on Sunday. The finish, 5-up on Englishman Tyrell Hatton. Uh, it was a tough weekend for the Canadians as well. Uh, the two Adams, Hadwin and Svensson, tied, uh, finished tied for 13th. Uh, and after a great start to the tournament, Taylor Pendrick. Got <laughs> a 73 on Friday. They, they, the, the horn went for, for some weather. Uh, had a 72 on Saturday and then an 80. Yeah. Yesterday, the finish tied for 69th at four over. And watching Scotty Scheffler maneuver around the course at four birdies in a row, he's mm-hmm. just a guy that is just so rock solid in everything yep. he does. Yep. It feels like seemingly Cerebral. there's no weakness in his game. Yeah. And why couldn't he potentially repeat at Augusta National <laughs> as Masters champion? Because he's a guy who dominated the Florida swing last year, and he looks just as good this year as well. Uh, John Rahm, weirdly, uh, with uh, WDing out of yep. that tournament with some uh, stomach things, stomach issue, and Rory McIlroy complaining about his driver <laughs> and missing the cut, which was super <laughs> weird. But I think I think the low light of the entire uh, weekend, and GVP, maybe you can speak to this too, was uh, Aaron Rye, the Englishman, acing 17. Did you see that? No. Uh, he aced 17 while wearing two gloves, <laughs> and he uses iron covers. I think that oh. is just an L for everybody in the golf world. When a guy wearing two so gloves like and crap. iron covers has an ace GVP. That that's ugly. That's just ugly. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't be you can't be Teddy two gloves on the golf course. Like even <laughs> I can even look past the two gloves, but the iron covers I just can't look past. But that that's that's How does a terrible. PGA tour player have iron covers. And if you have iron covers right now in your irons, just go into your bag and throw them in the garbage. What are an iron cover? I'm not a golfer. What's okay, so cover? you have your, you know how you have your driver and yeah. it's got the little sock thing on yeah, top. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But then people get covers for their irons. Oh, okay, so the people have iron. So you get like, you know, Tiger's got the Tiger and whatnot. For yeah, but that's fine cover. for your woods. Yeah. yeah. But but then for your irons, you, you don't need. You don't covers. cover the irons. These are like right. individual little mittens for, yeah. for each iron. Yeah. 
Oh my god! They hit it with, with it like, on? No, no, well, no, 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 no. Okay. But he has them in his bag. Oh, I see, I see. I it's see. like you're a pro. You can get as many iron sets as you want, okay. Aaron Rye. Maybe he's maybe he's pinching the budget a little the bit. Worst. I don't know. All right, sorry. Uh, down at Indian Wells in California, uh, checking out how the Canadians are doing uh, as we enter the second week of the tourney. Felix Ojeda-Alassim. He's going to take on the number 27 seed Francisco Sarundolo at noon today. He'll pick up things with Chapo and doubles on Wednesday. Uh, Bianca Andreescu continues her uh, tourney tonight, taking on the one seed Iga Svantec at 7 o'clock. And uh, Team Canada, led by Brad Gushu, defeats Team Manitoba 7-5 in the Briar Final last night. Uh, it's Gushu's ranks fifth national title in mm. seven seasons, the ultimate dynasty in Canadian men's curling. Congrats to Gushu, Mark Nichols, EJ Harden, who went up against his brother BJ, and Jeff Walker. They're going to represent Canada at the Worlds next month in Ottawa. Ex- excuse me, what's his name? What? BJ Harden, EJ Harden. EJ or BJ? There's EJ Harden for yeah. the for, for Team Canada uh-huh. and BJ Harden for Manitoba. BJ Harden. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Tough name. Uh what women, does the BJ stand for? I'm not sure. Hmm. Um they're out of the Sioux. They're both okay. in the Sioux, so there you go. <laughs> They'll have a party in the Sioux with the Briar Tanker in the summer. Yeah. BJ Harden. Okay. BJ Harden. <laughs> the women's worlds get underway from Sweden on Saturday. Carrie Honorson's rink will don the Maple Leaf. Uh, Raptors back home limping, man. They've lost their last three. Uh, they welcome the best team in the West to Scotiabank Arena tonight. The Denver Nuggets. Toronto now just a game up on Indi- uh, game up on Indiana for the final play-in spot. Tonight's game is a 5.30 start on Sportsnet 1. And George, we know. Woo! 68-team field has been named for the NCAA yes! tournament. That will get underway on Thursday. But the first, we got to get to the play-in matchup starting on Tuesday. The four number I one seeds. Anyway, I know. Number one for the four number one seeds, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. The final four takes place in Houston at NRG Stadium, March 31st to April 3rd. But yes, tourney gets underway Thursday. Um, my man Connor Allen yesterday inside the lines mm. saying watch for Oral Roberts to have a run. Yes. Mm. Who they draw in the first round? They got a tough matchup in the first Oral round. Oral Roberts. Love the name. Yep. Uh, Duke. That's yeah. what I mean. I well, it's Duke. not Coach K's Duke. Not Coach there. K's Duke, but uh, uh, Duke did win the ACC. We, we love you on the text line. Uh, you are stupid. Obviously, you don't golf if you're hacking on someone because they have iron covers. LOL. Um, sir, madam, you obviously don't golf. <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> if you think iron covers are acceptable. I'm sorry. GVP, back me up uh, on this. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, thank Get, you. Those things are the worst thing ever. Yeah. They're about here. Like, worst. <laughs> the worst. Okay. Yeah, that's the morning report. Great job. Thank you. Uh, the Morning Report's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Straight ahead, more on that Flames 5-1 win last night. And um, GVP will square off against Alex in a general knowledge test at 7:15. after both of them <laughs> didn't know who the Beatles were last week. You might yell at your radio this morning. Uh, we'll find out in about... 10 minutes or so. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan.